Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And sponsored by flatback4.co.uk, clothing inspired by the beautiful game and fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans. Hello and welcome to another episode from A View From The Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Carl McKenna, Michael Ball and Jim Keegan. Guys, it's been a busy week. Uh, we'll start it off with Bramley Moore news. Lee, how important is it Everton moving forward now to, to get this over the line and get the spades in the ground? Yeah, it seems like we've been waiting forever, Mick, but it's uh, obviously a massive day yesterday and a big um, you know, a big day for the club. Can't underestimate really the importance of, of this going forward. I think uh, one thing to be mindful of, obviously, a new stadium doesn't automatically guarantee success. You've only got to look at Arsenal, relatively speaking, for that they've not won the league since they moved to the Emirates. But if if we manage it correctly, you know, they can't fail to be just positives going forward. I mean, revenue, match day revenue, sponsorships. Obviously, the the plan will be to have other events there and such. It's really going to put the club on the map as well, and and obviously the location of it just lends itself to, you know, it's iconic. You know, it's it's a stadium on the on the banks of the Mersey. It's it's the first thing you see when ships are going to be pulling in and 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 things. And it's such an an impressive sight. And obviously, it it seems like ages ago when when this started being touted around, but now we we really start to see some traction behind it and some movement. And really now, I think it's only waiting on a, a sort of a, a tick box exercise with the government to give us the the full go ahead, and then it's all systems mm. go. It can't wait to get in there. It's different to anything else that you've seen, you know. Even the little things like the red, the red brick to go with the the docks and stuff like that. It's just it's going to fit in like a glove, and yeah, it's, it's just really, really exciting times for the club. 
make a difference. Mm-hmm. We can capitalize on it now fully. But I, I think I'm, I've been impressed with that Denise Baxendale. Yeah, you know the way she's conducted herself and she articulates articulates herself brilliantly. I think she's really open and transparent with the fans, um, and she seems to have a, a real head on her shoulders. She knows what she's doing. She don't, you don't get in a position like that without knowing your stuff. And I think she's uh, doing a good job guiding us towards making the most out of this stadium move because it's really, really important. But all, all such, you know, massively positive week, Mick, yeah. Mm. Carl, it's set to be completed by 2024 uh, and it's going to create 15,000 jobs, you know, a £500 million scheme. It, it, it's really once in a lifetime, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like Lee said there, echoing what he said, it's it's been mooted for a while, hasn't it, that? We're just going to get the green light, and as, as all Evertonians probably are at the moment, <laughs> we're thinking, oh, is this really going to go ahead? And, you know, probably a little bit of negativity on our side, like that we, we seem to get to places, and then oh, it all fell through, the Echo Arena being one, and we nearly had that sight in the bag. So, yeah, I'm happy, mate, that it's all almost within touch and distance of being finalised. And the, the job scheme of bringing that, bringing that, that in is, is absolutely fantastic. And I, I think out of everything, you know, the tourism as well and Everton's fan base is, is only going to get bigger. Yeah. And, you know, we, we have got a long waiting list already for season tickets, but this is only going to make it even better for us. You know, what, what more do you want than, than fans chomping at the bait to get a ticket? You know what I mean? It's absolutely fantastic. And I think we'll, we'll sell that ground out most games, Mick. And I'm open that once we we get into the same stride of this new era of underneath Carlo and, and you know, as we talked about before, the mentality shift shifting massively. I'd love to see us entering into that stadium in four or five years, all being well, with Carlo still there. Um and, and also, you know, c- competing at at a high level. And I think most players will probably second that as well. You know, at the end of the day we we're coming off the back of, of a win there and now we're getting led into a new ground and a new stadium. All the press rounds at the moment is nothing but positivity. And I think if we can keep this going with the back with the ground getting a, as they say a spade in the ground and getting something built, then obviously it's gonna strive the players to be to be wanna be at the club and you know, there's a massive effect for players. Any any footballer in the world will tell you playing football in a new stadium, that feeling must be amazing, mustn't it? You know, imagine knowing that you're going to a new stadium, you're gonna you're gonna wear the kit and you're gonna drive out that first home game. You know, it just brings a little bit of excitement to the to around the club and we can probably use that to our benefit, I think. And you know, once it all gets finalised, fingers crossed, I think Everton will be looking at that to maybe convince um the likes of your Rodriguez type players who you never thought we'd get. And and maybe we can get even better ones. So all in all, Mick the, the the job scheme that's going to prevent uh, come from it, the tourism that's going to come for it, the change of North Liverpool that's going to come for it, the Bramley Moor pub that's going to come for it, and oh, all he's fond of that one. <laughs> 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 yeah, I had a pipe with you in there ages ago, Paulie and Paulie and mate. It was that, that, that's one of my uh, my mates locals. I used to own it quite a while ago, so he, he still goes down there quite a lot. So yeah, exciting I times. I, I was out with you, and you said, "Let's go to Bramley Moor." And I was like, "What are we going there for?" Ball. He's like, "Me told you." We all went down there, and he maybe had a pint in there. Yeah, so made up. You know, all in all, it's it's great, and that's that end of Liverpool. It, it needs something like that. It needs something mm. like this, and it's an iconic stadium in an iconic city, in my opinion. And yeah. 
what to lose. Mm. Bowley, looking ahead, it's going to be three or four seasons until we're we're playing in the new stadium. How important is it now to get these next few seasons right to go into the stadium and maybe even be in Europe when we when we arrive? Well, yeah, it's massively important. Uh, I was going to start the podcast feeling very still hungover from the weekend, but <laughs> I've had me ro- I've had me roast dinner on the Monday, so I'm all right now. Back to normal. I don't know how to get down from cloud nine. Still, it's been a great great news all week for the Blues, so yeah. it's, it's all great. But uh, yeah, no, it's massively important. But what I'm pretty excited about is is our squad, the age of our squad. Um, there's still very young professionals there who could still will be a part of it when the stadium's mm. uh, finalised, which could be exciting because then players could be in, will be in their prime. You know, yeah, it's a, you know it's three or four years away from from happening, but there's a, a good chance there if if we're still going the right way and improving year on year, why would the players move on if mm. we're trying to hit the heights we actually want to hit? Um, yeah, that's another you know, extra thing of armour that if the club's going to have to to keep the players here, to, to to be the first squad to walk onto that fantastic stadium. Mm-hmm. And as the lad said, you know, yeah, it's it's part of the appeal of signing for the football club at times. Yeah, it's not normally something you, you're really bothered about years ago. To attract these types of players, you've got other the clubs We've got the stadiums, we've got the facilities, the training ground, and this is our last little chess piece. You know, yeah. we've got Finch Farm. You know, we've got, you know, the, the live bear buildings and for all these meetings with agents and what goes on uh, from the outside of football. But to actually finally, you know, look out of the window and go, look, that's our stadium. That's where you're going to be playing week in a week out. You know, Goodison, as we know, it's iconic and it's going to be a sad day. But we know to compete with the rest of the Premier League, we need to start generating the income, and this is. This is this is this is our way, um, and I feel if we do keep on hitting the heights, that it's it's obviously going to be a massive factor for us to attract better players to the club, and they're going to be looking at the players that's already at the squad, the likes of Hammers or you know um, the Charleston Davis. They they're going to still be in there. They're going to be in their prime, and if they're doing well and we're winning trophies in the next two or three years, that it's only a massive advantage to to bring better players to the football club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jim, thanks for joining us, mate. I really appreciate it. No worries. Um, just looking at the ground still, the, the, the set capacity is going to be 52,888. I know it's been spoken about a lot regarding the size and the, and the capacity. Are you happy with that capacity size or would you have liked it a, a bit bigger? I think ideally you'd like it a bit bigger, but I suppose really the ground's going to be making money beyond just people coming through the gates, isn't it? It's going to be about generating kind of corporate income. Uh, different ways that you can use the stadium. So actually, any increase is, is an improvement on on Goodison and kind of the the ability for the ground to make money is going to be better than we than we've had previously. Because you know, really, as much as as we all love Goodison, it's probably held the club back from when the fit. I mean, I think thinking back to when the move was first muted like back in the late nineties with uh, Peter Johnson. You know, we've we've had decades of of lost income. Um, and really had like a, a football league ground, even though we're a Premier League team. And I suppose, yeah, it'd, it'd be better if there was you know, more bums on the seats. But actually, you know, for the club going forward for the next 20, 30 years, the, their ability to make money is going to be massively improved. Um, mm-hmm. And it, that will in turn make us theoretically less reliant on Mishiri, which is really important for the club. We can't just keep... Um, like turn into a sugar daddy's pockets, we have to start making 
the same levels of income as teams like Liverpool and United and, and, and City to ever have any hope of, of uh, competing properly in the future. Lee, talking about Goodison, it's going to be converted to, into high-quality, affordable housing, uh, a health centre, retail and leisure spaces, uh, a youth enterprise zone for the community. It's brilliant of the club and, and the council to to really leave their market. Yeah, it, it's a lovely touch, Mick, but it's obviously something that you would expect from Everton over the years. We, we do tend to conduct ourselves brilliantly off the pitch. Uh, and we tend to get things right more often than not. And that's another example of it. And you just hope that, you know, the steps that they're taking uh, in, in, in Goodison Park's wake, you know, will we'll keep that area going and, and it'll support the, the businesses around there because you automatically think, don't you, that, you know, as soon as the, the club move and we're playing at Bramley Moor, that, the, you know, the bum's going to fall out of that area. And you just like hope that doesn't happen in a way and, and they find ways to, keep these businesses going, whether, whether they relocate them in the long term. Um, but obviously, Goodison Park deserves a, a fitting legacy. And, you know, again, you trust the team in place to make sure that happens because it, it's been an amazing home for us since, you know, 18, whatever it was. It wasn't 78 because we had Anfield first, didn't we? Um, and you, you just look, even in my, in my lifetime, Mick, you, you know, the start of the Premier League area, Goodison Park was arguably the best ground in the Premier League. Um, and we've we've seen us be overtaken year on year and year with all these new stadiums or stadiums being developed, and we've sort of like like Jim just said there, we've been left, you know, left behind so to speak. And I know Goodison Park's the only ground in in the Premier League. Like we haven't got a license to flip burgers because it's a health hazard. Because Goodison doesn't pass a safety certificate to that level, we can't grill. So that's why you can only get like heated stuff of a match day pies, hot dogs, whatever. So it's it, little things like that. You know, you imagine how quick it's going to be to get a pint in the new ground and stuff. The hospitality is going to be much improved. So although it is going to be a sad day, um, it's something that absolutely needs to happen if we want to, if we want to kick on and be taken seriously as as a club. Uh, and with reference to this to the capacity, I think we'll sell fifty two thousand eight hundred eighty eight with our eyes closed, you, you, you're you going to really struggle. If, you, if you're not a season ticket holder, I think you're going to struggle to get a ticket because there's going to be that much demand due to hopefully the playing squad, first of all, can I say. But secondly, obviously, just the, the draw of that place and uh, you know where it is and what it stands for sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I just hope the club do the right thing for the area that's, that's been such a support for the club over so many years and I'm confident that they will because we always do. Guys, I'm going to I'm gonna leave leaving Goodison there for a while. That's for another podcast and that'll be an emotional no, I'm one. I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> no, exactly. We'll leave that for another day, lads. Um, but there's been more positive news this week. Uh, Luca Dean signed a new contract until June 2025. Bawley, you obviously played left-back. How good of a left-back is Luca Dean? Now, he's been fantastic uh, since he's come to the club and I think he, when he signed at the time, it was Gomez and, and Mina. And you know, always have your doubt of bringing Fodners into the Premier League. Are they going to hit the ground running? Are they going to have time? And, you know, he just knuckled down and got on with the job straight away. There was there was no prima donna about him. He just come in and he just showed his quality from the start. And, you know, majority, I think, supporters club gave him play of the year because of the performances and, you normally don't want your left back to be player of the year, but that just showed that you know his commitment to uh, his work and his job and his quality that he had, and 
it was great to have because I think it was a worry for us if we've been spoiled with the left side with, with, with Leighton and and the partnership with Pienaar. That I think it was a worry for many many fans. Who's going to take the mantle from Leighton? Who's going to push him? Mm. And to have both of them at the club at the same time, you know, was was great to see because Leighton could still play a game. You know, he, when he when he got given his opportunity, he was there. But you know, Lucas, you know. Was the better player, and he just needed that breakout at times. And Leighton come in and kept us, you know, kept his levels up. and And Lucas knew what the what the what the bar was, but from fans, what we've been um, witnessing and and what what we want from our fullbacks. And he's just he's been very very consistent. Yeah, but like like them all, we always have our off days and stuff. But look, he's he's been schooled very well. He's had very very good experience before he comes to the club. But then the the worry of just turning to the Premier League and. You know, I always remember Patrick Evra, Man United, you know, and he, you know, they were all raving about him and he played a derby game against Manchester City and Alex Ferguson didn't play him again for three months because he just wasn't ready. He wasn't physically demanding, ready for the Premier League. But I think Lucas Dean, he's just knuckled down to it, seen it as a, as a massive test for himself and he's pushing himself week in and week out. And that's what we want as fans is to, to get players to, to put the blue shirt on and, and give it all and, mm-hmm. and hopefully have that quality, which he has. You know, he, 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 he does the bare minimum for what you want. He, put, you know, he, he gets about the pitch, but he's got that quality on the ball with that left foot to swing balls in. The amount of assists he's brought to the football club since he's been here has been fantastic. And it was an added bonus because I was really concerned as I said, when, when Leighton was going to be, be leaving, who was going to be taking over his mantle. So it's it's a massive big thumbs up again that he you know he signed for the club for another three years and hopefully he can continue to develop and get better as well. Mm. Carl, it, it sends out such a good message, Carl, doesn't it, to the other key players at the football club or even future signings that important players at Everton, big names, are happy to stay at the club. Yeah, I mean, you know, the stadium effect as well. We'll come into that like we just said as well. You know, Luca Dean's the hierarchy of sat him down and, you know, let's have it right. He's been arguably one of the best left-backs this season in the Premier League. You, you can only imagine other clubs are, are showing interest in him, I, I imagine so anyway. So, to get him in, in, in the room and say, you know, Luca, this is this is the future of the club and we see you as the future captain because he's wore the arm on a couple of times. And I think he, I think he can wear that on his shoulders and he, he fell in love with the club and, you know, we signed a four-year contract and, and a lot that is ability, you know, he, he, he has openly said today that he hopes to win win things at this club and he sees us competing at the top level. So, for him to say that, that only breathes into other people that who are around the club and, you know, the likes of a Charlton listening, probably listening to him saying this and Dom Calvert-Lewin, Davis, all these young players who you've got a little bit more in them in, as regards to age than Luca and thinking, you know, we're going to play in this team with him and he's just put pen to paper on, on a four-year contract. You know, arguably the best left-back, as I said, in the Premier League and he's committed his future to the club and it's it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, in the past, we've, we've been here before, haven't we, where players have been playing out the skin and then all of a sudden it's like, I want, I want to leave. Mm. Um or or someone comes in and, and we we we're hold to ransom and I think that 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 ship sailed um, massively for the club and I think with the hierarchy as I say in charge now when when they're getting these players in the room and they're sitting down and negotiating contracts negotiating players in and out I think it's 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 easily done now and we, we can convince players and prove to players that we're, we're not messing around no more you know we, we mean business it is a project there's no two ways about it so. 
Luca Dean fits right into that and, and you know, Borey with the nail on the head, then he, we were all worried when, when Baines, he was coming to the end of his a great career that we, we were thinking, oh God, you know, who's going to be doing that? And Luca Dean, for me, he's just walked right into there and he's, he's been absolutely outstanding. So, to get a player down for four years at his calibre, this guy, this guy ain't going anywhere and arguably, you could probably say he's been our best player in, in regards to playing consistently in games. So, I'm hoping, Mick, that that's, that again is another knock-on effect, along with us um, getting the ground moving as well. That more and more players will take note. And the players that are at the club now that we want to tie down in the future will we'll already be thinking, OK, when, when can I sit down and think about signing my contract in? Mm, Jamie, staying on Luca Dean, he's 27, uh, he's 28 in July. Uh, we, we're going to see the best of Luca Dean, aren't we? We're going to have his best years now with us. Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? I mean, uh, you know, as, as as everyone said, he's he's been one of our better performers over the last few seasons, and I think by most metrics, he's like one. Of, certainly in attacking sense, he's one of the best left backs in um, in Europe. And I think um, going back to uh, what we said earlier, I think a, a big part of this, I think, is is having this kind of manager. I think in the past, maybe we haven't had that quality in the managerial seat, and maybe when We've had players who've been playing out of the skin and, uh, you know, catching the eye different clubs. They've, they've moved on. Whereas I think finally now we have a, a boss who players can believe in. I mean, the, the club looks for the first time in a long time like it's like it's really taking things seriously, hiring somebody of of uh, of his calibre. I think uh, maybe a few seasons earlier, a player like Dino would have moved on at this point in his career and gone somewhere yeah. like... United or City, where he could probably get a game realistically because he is he is that good. So I mean, the the fact that he's committed to uh, to the club, it, it really feels like a sea change at Everton. Like you know, finally, but mm. not only are we able to sign these players and bring them on, but maybe for the first time in a generation, we're actually uh, keeping them and getting the best out of them as well. Which is, you know, for us, it, it's very different. Yeah. Mm. Lee, looking ahead, we've had a great week. We've we've won at Anfield. Bramley Moore's on the way, uh, and Luca Dean's on the new contract. But it's back to business on Monday against Southampton at home. Um, you know our home form's not particularly great at the moment, and we're playing a Southampton team that that is really struggling for form. Uh, they've won one in eight in all competitions, and they've currently they're, they're dropping like a stone. They're now sitting in fourteenth. Um, they're coming off the back of a, of a three 0 defeat at Leeds. We, we've got to get the job done here, haven't we? All sounds very familiar, doesn't it, Mick? Yeah. Um, we've been here before on on several occasions this season. Like like you know, we've all sat here and we've had our hopes up coming off the back of a of a great result, and then only to go and let ourselves down big time next time around at Goodison Park against teams who have, who have been struggling at the time. And you you've, you've just hit the nail on the head there. Southampton look devoid of any sort of confidence at the minute. Can't get anything going. They were awful last night. Um. So you think, yeah, perfect, you know, opportunity now to really build on that derby win and, you know, put a team to bed at Goodison Park and confidence is going to be sky high. Dean signing his new contract with Charleston's back in and among the goals. You know, James had a lovely assist the other day, looks happy. Calvert-Lewin's back. Alan is probably going to be back. It's all pointing towards one thing, isn't it? We'll get beat. No, but, you know, I, I, I'm only joking, you know what I mean? But, Come on, surely now enough is enough, and you know we've got we've got to really take things seriously and learn the lessons. No, no messing around on Monday. 
you know, especially with the, with the back four. I don't want to see changes for changes' sake. We've had a a really long rest. We've it's nine days. It will it will have been since the the derby win. So mm-hmm. you know, there might be one or two changes given the opposition and the fact that we're at home, and I can understand that. Um, but I don't want to see wholesale changes. And you know, we talked about the back four that I think we'd all prefer to see. I hope that stays the same. I think Pickford had a really really good game against Liverpool and deserves to keep his place I would say um, you'd, you'd think Calvert-Lewin comes straight back in and let's not fear Southampton for God's sake you know let's get on that pitch and I'm sick of saying it Carl's favourite phrase start the game on the front foot quick get out the blocks you know let's let's get a goal or two ahead and, and not get to 60 minutes and allow the opposition to grow in confidence and belief thinking hang on we've got a a sniff him, he didn't think we would. Um, so you know, I'm confident. I'm confident that this is going to be the one where we finally put a team to bed um, and and build on the momentum that we've created and, and really cement our uh, position in this race for the top four, which it's there for us if we want it. So we need to go and grab it. Bully, you've been involved in big games where you've won a big game and then you have a few days off. Is, is it a bit of a come down for the players or should they be on a high? You know, is it difficult to get up for the next game because you're still riding that wave from the previous game? Players just like playing, you know, so especially if you've won a game, you're full of confidence and you want, if you've got that good feel factor inside yourself and you just want to keep on, you know, playing football with confidence and belief. And yes, we've been here before, you know, what's happened to come down after big games. But I think Carlo and the players now, they've, They've got a big monkey off the back with that win at Anfield. And the togetherness mm-hmm. that they showed there, it's proved that the impossible can be possible. And now we've, it's team talk, really. It just has to be. Look at the Leeds game, the West Ham game, Newcastle game. And we can't let that happen. But we've got to also understand we haven't been very good going on the front foot as well, uh, especially Goodison Park. And normally you'd expect you know, Goodison being full and the players play a little bit faster. We haven't done that at Goodison for, for one reason or another. Um, teams have sat back against us and we've, we've gone very pedestrian, very slow. So, mm. Carlo's got to put a side out there um, to, to try and go on the front foot. We've, we haven't played that way and when we have, we, we haven't got the results. So, yeah, we need to start getting points at home because these big wins away from home count for nothing if we keep on dropping points at Goodison. Um, and maybe with the you know the change in the squad that we've had, is an excuse of of the past results. But with the lights of DCL coming back, Alan coming back, Richardson you know back in form, the the back four and back five you know sh- showing strength, that we can play a different way. With plan A or Plan B, you know, as, as people talk about it. But yeah, I'd just like to see us play a different way, you know, a bit more. Forward thinking, you know, obviously Tom Dave's performance recently, he's, he's getting a lot of limelight because of his, his passing forward. Uh, Gomez, when he first came to the club, was getting the ball driving forward and passing the ball forward. We sort of, we've been guilty of when we've had big results that we think it's too easy and we forget to do the mm-hmm. hard yards. You know, we, we won them games away because we were together as a squad and as a team and working for each other and we had each other's backs. And then when we had received the ball, we were helping each other because we knew we'd be under pressure against top sides. That work rate seems to dip when we're at Goodison. 
And that's the mentality that needs to change if we're going to start picking up points. Because Premier League games, they're difficult against every opposition. No matter where they are in the league, you've got to put in the hard yards. And and if we get the early goal, yeah, you can see us steamrolling them. But we've got to have that mentality that, you know, we don't want to come off that pitch feeling down again. They've had it two or three times this season. And that feeling is horrible. And when you get a defeat, you want to play a game straight away to get rid of that feeling. But when you're winning football games, especially the big one at Anfield, you want to play against it because you're full of confidence, you're full of life. And hopefully you know, this long break won't hamper us and we still got that, 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 good, that good factor going into that game. Mm. Carl, we're, we're sitting here five points off fourth, uh, which is West Ham, and three points off fifth, which is Chelsea. Is it fair to say that to, to, to really mount that top four challenge that it's a must-win game this time round? Um, I'm scared to answer that question, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll answer it. Yeah, it's a must, it's a must win for me. Um, you know, they, they, like you said before, they're dropping like a stone the Southampton, and we've got to we've got to prey on that, sort of say. But you know, Fulham are in the same boat, really. We didn't we didn't capitalise on them either. So, I mean, that fourth for me is going to be very difficult. I think. Anyway, I think if we can find consistency at home on Monday night, then I think we can probably come back on here and say, you know what, we looked we looked um, assured and, you know, we possibly could be on and Villa's had a game in hand and, you know, they're not doing too well themselves at the moment. So, we, we, I can only echo what the lads have said, really, Mick. It's, it's massive to win your own games and we've... If we really believe in this squad that we can play European football, there's no reason why we cannot get European football this year. Champions League, yeah, it's there. But European football is 110% right there. It's there. It's in touch and distance. You know, within March, our first game, our Southampton games, March the 1st. You know, we've had nine days rest. I mean, a ball is spot on there. The lads want to play and... It, <laughs> It had to come at probably a bad time for us that rest <laughs> because you know nine days is a long time for them to be thinking about this game. Um, seven days might have been a little bit better because they got right at them on Saturday and you know nine days Monday nights never been very fond of them Monday night games. I'm not going to lie because it gives everyone else the opposition to play before you. But you know we've got to look past that now and you know as we said the mentality is shifting and I think. If we've really sat down and had a little look at our goals now, I think Ancelotti, if don't quote me if I'm wrong, he said in March he would be able to tell the players what we're going for. I'm almost certain, I'm almost certain he said that because the start of the season he got asked, What's your goals? You know, what, what, what you see and all that, whatever, all this, what they ask at the start of the season. I think he said in March we'll be able to see our goals a lot clearer. It might have been April. Mm. Might have been April. So, he will have the team in and he will be saying, I'm almost certain that these games at home, he sets the team out, he trusts the players. You've, you've got to win them, Mick. You've got to win them. We've got to win on Monday for me. And I think if we win on Monday, you know, then you can probably start saying, asking a question like, is is the Champions League music going to come to Goodison Park? You know, is that Champions League music going to sound round Goodison Park? <sighs> You know, it's it's really, really interesting times. Let me tell you that now. It's interesting times for the club because 
we probably never envisioned us being here this this early underneath Carlo, even though the goal was to, to find European football. I'm almost certain of that. Champions League, it is close. Um, mm. I think if we can get rid of these home games where we're starting off lethargic, like we played on Saturday, not not nine days ago, then I'll be pulling my hair out because I'll be thinking, this is obviously a mental block and Ancelotti can't really do that on a bar. He's putting a team out there that he knows can win the game and, and they're just not doing it. So, yeah, positive thinking, mate. I think we'll, uh, we'll have to do the business on Monday and get the three points, yeah. Jim, just looking at our next six games, including obviously the, the home game against Southampton, we have Southampton at home, West Brom away, Burnley at home, Chelsea away, and then we have Crystal Palace and Brighton, which then takes us into the third week of April. There's some real favourable games there, isn't there? And you really think that if we could just sort this form out against the lesser teams, we could really turn the screw. Again, you, you'd, uh, you'd hope so. But I mean, it's, it's the lesser teams where we seem to struggle. So you, so you look at that kind of, that run there and think, well, that, that should be easy for Everton. But actually this season, it's, it seems like when we're playing the hardest teams, we kind of we bring our A game and it's against kind of lesser mortals where we, where we uh, struggle. I think... Um, I think, what, yeah, I think what I want to see, I mean, obviously, like a lot of people, I want to see is kind of get back into the uh, European places. But also, like, more than anything, I want to sort of see an end to like typical Everton moments. I think, I think this week is a great example of that. Like all the omens point to it going badly on Monday. You know, the same sort of form. Um, we're on a high. And so you expect us to kind of lose and think, well, Everton, that typical. I think if we kind of, if we win, on Monday and then go on a run then you know for the first time in a long time we've not only we've had a massive high in beating Liverpool and then gone on and not had a fall I think it's that mentality is kind of entrenched in the club and it's it's getting away from that if you can, if you can kind of sort of unlock that and get away from it then you're going to have an easier time uh, getting into the higher position but the moment, moment we seem to kind of you know we had the, the higher spares and then the lower Fulham and different games this season have been followed by moments when we think we're going to kick on and it goes wrong. So I think it's not like it's not a must-win game on Monday, but really, if we do win, you get that sense that you know from this point on maybe we can do it and you know certainly get a, a, a place in the Europa and maybe uh, even better than that. Okay, guys, it's that time again. It's prediction time. We'll start off with yourself, Lee. What's your prediction? Uh, I think we'll, be, we'll win 3-0. 3-0. Yeah. Ball, Lee. 2-0. Carl? Yeah, 2-0, yeah. Uh, it's probably 2-1 because Ings always scores against us. I didn't want to, I didn't want to <laughs> mention him. <laughs> See? I'm going to go... 3-0 Everton. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us as always. We'll be back Monday night with all the fallout and all the talk after the Southampton hopeful win, obviously. In the meantime, stay safe, take care, and all the very best. Thanks for listening to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, the official away day pub for all Evertonians. And sponsored by flatback4.co.uk clothing inspired by the beautiful game and fanscapes.co.uk made by fans for fans imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.